Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop Flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. Welcome to Political Pursuits, the podcast. I'm your host, Luann Anderson. I am joined here today by my buddy and longtime partner in broadcast mayhem, Lynn Woolley, who is the host of Talk 1370 AM's Carlin Woolley, heard 7 to 9 AM Monday through Friday, as well as a very special guest we have today, Mac Latimer. Mac is running for the Bell County Republican Party chair. And we are delighted to have him with us today. Thank you. Yeah, it's exciting to be on here. This is actually the first podcast I've done for the race. Okay, well, good, good, good. <laughs> hope hope this will be the first of many that you get to do. But anyway, we have kind of here in Bell County, we're at a bit of a historical time because we are seeing the retirement of Nancy Boston, the longtime Republican Party chair who has served our, our county certainly admirably, honorably, for 32 years. She was first elected in 1990. So with this upcoming primary that'll be on March 1st, let's remember early voting starts February 14th, uh, voters are going to be able to weigh in and kind of make some decisions about a, a different voice that will be leading the Republican Party here in our county. All right. Well, Lynn Woolley here, of course, with Planet Logic, and uh, we do a lot of joint podcasting here. And WB Daily. And WB Daily. And Luann is now a part. In fact, uh, she's even uh, part of the part of the hierarchy now of WB Daily. It's at WBDaily.com where you'll find uh, uh, probably a lot of links to these podcasts as well. But you're right. I've known Nancy Boston for as long as I can remember and her husband, AC. And it is absolutely a time now to look and see what is the future of the Republican Party in Bell County, Texas, and will it continue, as it has been in the past, to be a leader in conservative thought, conservative politics, and taking this country back away from the path of Bidenism, and if not into Trumpism, at least back into conservative thought, so that we can deal with problems that the liberals have brought us, like inflation and and uh, I think that's probably the thing that most people are going to vote on is their own pocketbook. And so with that, why don't we first start, Mac, why don't you tell us just a little bit about, about you, your background, and um, what's brought you into this race? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm a military brat. I'm an Army brat. My dad uh, flew helicopters. My mom was actually a medic for a while. Uh, so we bounced around kind of a lot. I've lived in Texas most of my life, and there's nowhere I've lived longer than in Bell County. So this is home for all intents and purposes. Uh, after high school, I went to West Point up in New York. 
I majored in economics and American politics, I double majored, uh, then chose to come back down to Fort Hood because I absolutely love Central Texas. And, you know, I was infantry, so I deployed as a platoon leader to Syria in 2018, 2019, came back, saw saw a lot of the creeping socialism and creeping bureaucracy in the army, uh, fought it as hard as I could, realized you really can't fix it from the inside. So I got out last May, uh, kind of dove into Republican politics, right, to see if I could, you know, serve in, in another way. And really found that I was always the youngest person in the room by about 30 to 40 years. And so my friend and I, Tyler Rayner, we started up the Young Republicans. Uh, from May to November, we went from, you know, two members, which was just us, to 43 members. And it, it really took off. Like, young people, if you... Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. If you give the message right, it's young people are really receptive to conservatism, right? It's, it's an ideology that is consistent and really makes sense, which you can't really say about the other side. But, yeah, so uh, around November... I I get this call uh, from Nancy Boston, actually, and she said she would retire if I agreed to run. And that was that was kind of a bombshell. I didn't necessarily, you know, see myself running for office. But I, I do think the best thing for the party is for us to move on to the next stage of the Republican Party of Bell County, right? Like bring the party into the 21st century. And so after some prayer and talking with my wife, we we agreed to run. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the people that are listening to this, I'm not sure how many of them are really going to know all the ins and outs of what the party chair, the responsibilities, the duties, the activities they're involved in. So why don't we go through and Kind of, kind of give me a thumbnail of, of how you see the this chair, what the role is. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So there, there's really two halves to the coin of Republican Party chair, right? There's the election administration, right, which we've obviously had some problems with recently. But the big part of that is getting the enough people and the right people in the right positions. So election judges, election clerks, and poll watchers, like those are the big three. And recently, we have not even been able to fill all of those positions, much less get the right trained people in those positions. So that side of the coin, working with both the Democratic chair and the election commission, is kind of the one side of the job. The other side of the job is a lot more amorphous, I guess I should say, and it's really pick pick your pick your you know path, and that's the job of what everyone thinks of with the Republican Party. It's 
get Republicans elected and get conservatives involved, right? Get conservative Republicans elected. Yeah. All right, Lou Ann's going to explain what amorphous means to me later, but I want to ask you as we get going here, uh, you seem to have a pretty good grasp of this, but let me ask you a philosophical question uh, of what's going on in politics today. And we're seeing this in places not only like Texas, where we've just passed a law, a voter integrity law, uh, but we've seen it in places like Virginia as well. The state of Texas has passed this law. The mainstream media says that the law is all about voter restrictions and trying to keep people from voting, while the conservatives say, wait a minute, this is about voter protections and making sure that our elections have integrity and making sure that one person, one vote. And in New York State right now, they just passed a law. In some elections, non-citizens can vote. And I wonder what your thoughts are on all of this. What did you think of the Texas election law, and what do you think of the arguments against it? Right. So I I think the Texas election law really addressed a lot of stuff for this past election, right? Like COVID happened and, you know, Rahm Emanuel said, never let a good crisis go to waste. A lot of people took that to heart and took the crisis and kind of changed election law bureaucratically when that's not how laws should ever be changed, right? We have a legislator for a reason. Bureaucracy should not make laws. So, So one of the big things we talk about is voter ID. Right. And a lot in the media, it goes back and forth. And it's this big controversy. And it's it's really not right. Like you look at polling and something like 75 percent, I think it's a little higher than that. But we'll, we'll go with 75 percent of people agree that you should have an ID to vote. Now, now we can talk about like lowering fees to get IDs and stuff like that. I'm all for like having that conversation, right? But an ID is how we know that who you are and whether you're eligible to vote. That's important. But also like the everyday Democratic voter agrees with that, right? Like this is not a left-right issue. This is a... Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company. The only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. An established media fight that is is not really what everyday Americans And it goes across ethnic boundaries as well oh absolutely yeah absolutely like this this is a manufactured fight that is is really really a way to distract people from the real issue and that's having an election system we can trust like in the in, in the past you know six years right from from stacey abrams to trump right like 
both sides have doubted our election integrity. And even if our electoral system was 100% accurate right now, the fact that people don't have trust in it means we need to make it better. We need to make it more auditable and auditable faster, right? Like our system should be able to be audited by third parties within one to two weeks after an election. I, I don't think that's impossible to do. Uh, I, I think that involves a, a lot of a lot bigger reform than a county chair can do. But our part is getting election judges that are trained, election clerks that are trained, and getting poll watchers to make sure that we are doing the right things at the polls right now. So that's that's my role. Well, and I would say that one silver lining in the cloud of COVID, akin to parents having their children home and all of a sudden seeing on computer screens what's being taught in the classroom the 2020 election has certainly opened a lot of people's eyes with regard to problems with voting and it does seem that there it is starting to help mobilize people the same type of enthusiasm that you found in starting this restarting this young republican club it would seem that it also is driving people to get involved with programs like the precinct um what is it the precinctstrategy.com where people go in and are signing up to be precinct uh, committee people and that also can help them go into that that kind of community of people who are people that are working elections and who are helping to shore up that side of things but and when it comes just to bell county what what are your thoughts about where we are are there are there certain things that you would advocate that we do need to go in to to try and and better secure our election process here i know we certainly have had some change here recently with the the people that are being overseeing the elections from the county standpoint but as the the uh republican party chair are there some things that you would like to that you think there's some areas of improvement, I guess. So, so this is this is going to get a little wonky, but honestly, the biggest problem we have right now is we don't have an official election commissioner, and that that sounds like a crazy, insane thing, and it is. So, right now, the person doing the role is our tax assessor collector, Shay Lidke. And he he is he is doing a fine job. I don't think he's doing a terrible job, but like it's not his job. And he like he didn't run for that office to do this job. He has a whole lot of stuff to deal with right now besides this. And honestly, he's not trained for it. So the big thing we need is we need to find someone for that position who is experienced and is willing and has the personal skills to work with both the Republican chairman and the Democratic chairman, who is also going to be new. So the one place where we need experience is the place where we don't actually have a person there. So that is that is the single biggest problem that I'm going to have if and when I walk into this office is find someone for this job. Well, one thing, too, that occurs to me that you will probably be in charge of is a lot of messaging, and that is, what is a Republican this day and time? I mean, because we had we have Reagan Republicans, we have Bush Republicans, now we have Trump Republicans. 
And it seems to me that Republican and conservative have diverged just a little bit. And can we bring them back together so that when somebody runs under the Republican banner, it means something? And my question to you is, what does it mean uh, in these days to be a Republican? Yeah, so I I think we've fallen actually a little bit into the trap that the Democrats have, right? Like, to be a Democrat is more like to follow a person, right? Like, Obama brought a whole new wave of people into the Democratic Party. Your Clintons brought a whole new wave of people into the Democratic Party. As conservatives, we need to be conservative, right? And there, there are ways you can... You know, disagree as conservative, but basically what it means is small, limited government bringing us back to the Constitution. So I, I don't like to describe myself as a Trump Republican or Bush Republican or Reagan Republican or any anything like that. I just like all of us, we have small disagreements with at least at least all of them. Right. So what we need to do is we need to say, hey, we're for dramatically shrinking government. And then we can have debates inside that, what to prioritize and stuff like that. It's interesting that uh, we're in the month of February as we record this. It was just a year ago that we lost uh, a voice uh, within our movement, Rush Limbaugh. My most favorite Rush Limbaugh quote that doesn't have to do with cats, because he said people have, uh, he said dogs have owners, cats have staffs. And I never forgot that. But do you remember, both of you guys remember, there was a CPAC a few years ago when Rush was still really hefty. He hadn't lost the weight yet. And he walked up to the podium and he looked out at this sea of people. And he said, I'm looking out, th- out there at all of you guys. And he said, it, it, it occurs to me, when Democrats and liberals see large amounts of people, they see victims. He said, when we look at large amounts of people, we see individuals, we see potential, we see people out there, each of whom has the ability to be the best he or she can be. And I think that's what separates us, is that as Republicans, as conservatives, we don't concentrate on the skin color, we don't concentrate on the group membership that these people have, but we concentrate on them as people. We see people, we see potential to me, that's a great message, and I've never forgotten that. And I wonder if you agree with that message. Oh, absolutely, 100%. So I I started a business actually while I was in the Army. And so I'm, I'm kind of a small business owner, and I've really dived into that community in Bell County recently. And what's really cool is you get these people who aren't, you know— who aren't the people that you would think of like, oh, that person is going to be like super successful, right? They went to the Ivy League college. They went to, you know, name name your privileged elitist institution, right? And but there there are people who sorry that was that, was, that might have been a little much, but uh, there there are people that have a dream, right? They see a need out there, and instead of saying, hey, something's wrong, someone ought to fix that. They say, hey, something's wrong. I ought to fix that, right? And that's the beauty of capitalism and freedom is when people do that, right, and and they actually fix it, right? We we all know businesses that have gone under because they just don't get it. But, but like, when they succeed, they are helping fill a need of their fellow man, and they get a little reward for that. Like, that's cool. That's how the system works. And that's what we need more of. 
not less of. Bureaucracy stifles that. Getting government out of the way gives more of that. And I think it's funny as you go on and progress through your career, having been exposed to the bureaucracy at the levels that it seems like you have at, at such a relatively young age, may be something that you look back on 20, 30, 40 years from now saying, oh, my God, that was a pain having to go through that. But thank God I did because I got to see firsthand early on how stifling that that, in fact, is. Oh, absolutely. So so that that's one of the things I'm most passionate about is how bureaucracy stifles everything. So from from when we were overseas, right, we had so many layers, right? We had CENTCOM, we had UCOM, we had the State Department, we had 9-5. And I, I know most of y'all are not going to know what these terms are, but they're, they're basically layers of bureaucracy. And each of those layers has their own political... You know, political pursuit, right? Like they they have their own agenda, and so they're trying to change the law at every level. So by the time it gets to the bottom, their pet project is winning, right? And that is insane, right? Like we we have a system, like it or not, that the legislature is supposed to make laws. And then the executive branch is just supposed to enforce the, those laws. They're they're not supposed to interpret those laws in ways that you know they like or anything like that. They're just supposed to say, okay, the legislature said you know murder is illegal, therefore we're gonna go arrest murderers, right? Like they're not supposed to say, oh, but we think this murder is worse than this murder and stuff like it. It's the legislature makes laws. The executive is supposed to enforce laws. Right now, we have a fourth branch of government, right? Fourth, fifth, whatever you want to call it, that that branch is making more laws in the legislature and is actually doing more of the job than enforcing than the executive. So it's a monster. It needs it needs to be... I guess, taken down. (laughs) Well, and we certainly have a perfect example of that right now playing out in our Court of Criminal Appeals with this ruling that they did back in December in which they said that the Attorney General, this case right now, Ken Paxton, cannot enforce election integrity laws and that, no, it must be in the purview of the district attorneys. And when we have all of these George Soros-funded district attorneys that have been installed in to you know various county hierarchies well then we know that's not going to happen so that's one of the problems but i have my own cpac reference when you're talking about the bureaucracy i think back to cpac 2017 and a guy that i'm a big fan of i'll admit it steve bannon was on stage i think he was on with matt schlapp and he started talking about the need to deconstruct the administrative state And one of the things that I found interesting is that we certainly have always kind of thought about the administrative state in certain levels with Department of Justice, Homeland Security, things like that. Have the last two years not shown us that they're in an administrative state alive, well, and thriving in our public health departments, our public health agencies? But... I would submit that also we see that same kind of administrative state filters down to all levels of government, including here locally. We're not going to name names, but 
<laughs> we do know they exist. Yeah. Is that something that would be in in your mind in terms of recruiting candidates? That's something that a party chair is going to be looking at. Is that something that you think would be a, a something to be mindful of in looking because we're looking to strengthen the Republican Party, Republican ideals for people living here in Bell County, not to strengthen a Republican establishment administrative state. Yeah. So so let me let me kind of rewind so I can kind of put my vision out there of what I see the Republican Party being. So one, I I do want to bring the Republican Party into the 21st century, but I also want to make the Republican Party a neutral playing ground. And this is this is kind of what I mean. Right. Like I was I was taught from a young age that competition breeds excellence. Right. And that is not what I've seen in politics at all. What I've seen is certain people, right, elites, let's call them for lack of a better term, right? They put their thumb on the scale in a back room, you know, smoke filled room deal, and they decide who candidates are going to be. They decide when, when a seat comes open, they decide an appointment, right? Like the party and people and grassroots have no role right and and that's what's wrong i i have my own ideals and i'm probably too conservative for most people but that doesn't mean i should be picking the candidates right it creates divides yes absolutely so what we should do is during the primary the party should host meet and greets the party should host candidate forums the party should host debates like real debates and the grassroots should be able to see right like see who are these people that we're voting for what do they really believe in rather than just saying like oh i see that guy's sign a lot like maybe i should vote for him and so i want to encourage as many candidates as possible to run and then we will see who like the real conservatives are and then we can vote for them all right, this is, you just hit on something that's pretty passionate with me, and that is this whole idea of candidates being pre-selected. And you know that our cities and our schools, our, our city councils and school boards are nonpartisan, which is a joke. They just don't run with a label, but they certainly have those labels. And especially at the level of school board, where the school administration will literally go around town handpicking candidates getting packs set up for them, helping them with their advertising, sending out tons of these little cards we all get in our mailboxes. And they typically are someone who has been the band director for the last 70 years or somebody who has been a social studies uh, person in the school for, for years and years and years. Well, I would like to see the schools run more like we do the the military. The military is not run by the military. It's controlled by civilians. And that's the way it was set up as a check and a balance. And yet, if the members of a school board are all former educators, there's a little bit of a bias there. So, And that's how we get the diversity, equity, and inclusion directors at all of these places. And I know that you as, Republic, or as Republican chairman, if you're successful, would not be able to select those candidates or to have anything to do with those candidates. But it is something we need to get out there, that we need people who really have the desire to serve 
and not the desire to go in and make sure that the schools are adequately politically correct and that we have all this inclusion stuff, which is all left-wing propaganda, in my opinion. And I know that's not really a question, so I'll formulate it as a question. What can we do about this? Yeah, so this kind of goes back to what I was saying, right? It's we need to provide an infrastructure that people that have never thought about being a candidate, who have never been a candidate before, can come in and say, like, look, there's a problem there, and I know the solution. I just might know what the best... I, I might not know what the best way to put a mailer in the mail is, right? Like, if the Republican Party can provide that infrastructure, which I think we can, and then someone can come in, right? They can go to these meet and greets, candidate forums, debates, and... Once people see like, oh, this guy has the right ideas, then, you know, like $25 donations, $50 donations, small donations and support and volunteers and stuff can bring these people who have the right ideas, who maybe not be in the system, but know how to run an organization, not having it go into massive amounts of debt, right? Uh then those people can say, hey, I have a way to get started. It's not just this huge, you know, like 11 foot wall that I have to immediately scale. I can take bite sized steps to work into this candidate thing. And right now, right, like stepping from not being a candidate to being a candidate it's insane, right? Like I, I'm doing this for the first time, and I like. Don't get me wrong. I, I think I've kind of started to figure it out. But if I was, if I was running against an incumbent, I mean, there'd be no way. There'd be absolutely no way that I would be able to figure it out fast enough to beat an incumbent by March first. There's, there's absolutely no way. And they like to keep it that way. So what you're talking about is I would see it almost kind of as a a double-pronged evolution that has to happen. Number one, yes, you have to see about attracting the candidates who will come into the fray because absolutely it's intent. I mean, you're, I'm sure, out going to event after event and meetings and monitoring social media and phone calls and all that type thing. So, I mean, there's getting the candidates that – the people that will endure that because the point is a bit of an endurance race, but there's also an evolution that has to occur. And I think this one could take frustratingly more time because it's educating the voters. I moved here nearly 25 years ago from living in the Dallas area. So a whole different political climate compared to here when I regularly see an elected official in the grocery store. That accessibility was one of the things. The other thing is just because you are, and, you know, our county is certainly growing, but it still has that small-town feel to it. And to Lynn's point about the campaigns that come when someone is anointed, and all of a sudden you start seeing, and, I mean, you can you can watch the day there was some type of meet and greet, and all of a sudden the next morning signs are up all over town. They're up all over town in the businesses. Uh, you see the the big ads in the in the paper where all the names have been signed. I have long said, and I've said this on air, so I don't feel bad saying it again here. Lucifer is highly electable. 
in Bell County if he has the right group of friends, goes to the right church, and either owns or has worked for a prominent company. Lucifer, it's like, yeah, go Lou. He's, he's there, whatever he wants to run for. And unfortunately, part of that is because we do have a bit of a pack mentality. There are people that are that are intimidated or they're afraid they're going to get knocked off a Christmas card list or the you know guest list for a Christmas party if they put the wrong sign in their front yard. I think there's also people who think, oh, well, the non-establishment person, they're never going to have a chance to get elected anyway. And so... From what you're talking about, I think, I mean, it's a bit, it's a big lift, but boy, I 100% support you every way with it, but I think it's something that may take some, some evolution for people to really start seeing that, yeah, we could actually elect somebody that's maybe not part of the cool kids club. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I do think it's going to take a couple cycles for people to really feel confident that we're not mm-hmm. tricking them, right? Like the, the first cycle that we go through, I, I would honestly not be surprised if we don't beat any incumbents, right? Like all of that stuff. But the thing is, once people see that, oh, hey, there's this infrastructure there that's a neutral infrastructure, maybe maybe I should run, right? And But also, we don't need to beat incumbents to make progress, right? right? And I think the governor's race, it, right, is a very very telling example of this greg abbott right his his first time through the covid wave right i i think made some wrong decisions right and i don't think that's a very controversial thing to say right but the second wave he had primary challengers right and he didn't change as a person but he made a lot more correct decisions right and so even even if we don't, right, like replace people that we think are, you know, not significantly conservative or, or whatever, we we will make them better politicians. We will as make them better. Elected we always, yeah. as conservatives, we always advocate for competition. We think competition makes things better, entities better in many different areas. So why would we have it be any different if our incumbents get better because they have competition? God love him. Go for it. Well, I think the best thing we have going for Greg Abbott is Ron DeSantis. <laughs> because if these guys really want to be president someday, they've got to they've got to out conservative each other, and that's a good thing. But I want to get racial here just for a moment. There's a young man that I'd never heard of a couple of years ago. His name is Lawrence Jones. And Lawrence is a very young black man. Uh and he has risen so fast at Fox News that it's it's kind of unbelievable. He's a, he's a Texan, too, by the way. Dallas. He's now got his own weekend show. I look at Lawrence Jones, and I think, this guy is saying, essentially, without saying it, hey, it's okay to be young, black, and conservative. Because Lawrence Jones is conservative. He's logical. He's... he's uh, I don't know what else to say about it. When I see him on television, I'm thinking, this this is what we need to see, the great political talent of some of these young minorities coming up should be in the Republican Party, and much of it is in the Republican Party. How do you encourage young, black, and Hispanic conservatives to come forward 
and run for some of these offices. Yeah. So honestly, it's a lot of these people, right, haven't ever seen the Republican Party. Uh, there, a, a long time ago, right, the Republican Party of Bell County made the tactical decision to basically not do anything in Colleen. Right. And that that's that's horrible. Right. Like the the Republican Party just basically said, yeah, Nolanville Hill, like that's where the Republican Party of Bell County stops. And and that's terrible. Right. There are a whole lot of conservative people in Western Bell County that just aren't aren't being reached out to. And honestly, when you're a person alone and you have no contact with the Republican Party, you're not going to run for office. You're just not. And so the first thing is to just be present. So with, with the Young Republicans, for instance, we're, we're trying to break back into Colleen. And the first time we did, we we're calling all these business owners, right? And they're like, hey, guys, I, I totally agree with you. I'm a conservative, but like I can't, I can't be associated with the Republican Party in Colleen. Like it's just disastrous for my business. So we we got we got a business to say like, hey, you can come, but you just can't put out signage, and that was rough. We have we have since found a a wonderful business owner. She's awesome. It's the Iron Gauntlet Brew House over in Colleen. Who who she's you know a one hundred percent supporter. But but that was difficult, and be because like Republicans have just not been in Colleen for years, and. That's, I mean, that's the first step, right? But talking about young people. So we we have such an opportunity with millennials and Gen Zers right now, right? The reason that Bernie Sanders is so popular right now with young people is he's ideologically consistent, right? I, I mean, I think he's consistently wrong on nearly everything, but... He is. He is ideologically consistent. He is not going out there and saying to one group of people, oh, well, we'll, you know, like do this one thing and then go and saying the other thing to another group of people that completely contradicts the first thing. And like he I mean, he believes that government solves all of our problems. Right. But but that's the thing. Young people, millennials and Gen Zers crave ideological consistency and and there are conservatives that are that shy away from ideological consistency. They're like, I, I was I was told by a candidate in this county that his number one, you know, issue was cutting the debt and deficit. I was like, cool, I love it. What are you going to cut? And he said, fraud, waste, and abuse. <laughs> and I, like, my jaw dropped down to the floor. It's like, okay. Sure, but that's like maybe one person of the budget. And also, like, it's government. You're never going to be able to cut all the fraud, waste, and abuse. And I was like, what actual programs are you going to cut? And you couldn't find anyone, right? Because they're all, they're all golden calves. And so ideological consistency is how we reach out to those people because people see it. People see ideological consistency and honest, authentic like values that's that's what how we're going to get these young minority people you know that's a very good point and i think you're looking deep here uh, inside the problems that we have in this country but i will point out uh, as we sit here on a what is this a saturday the days all meld together in a pandemic um it was this past tuesday 
that we hit a, a great milestone in the history of the United States of America. We reached $30 trillion in debt. Now, I wrote that out on a pad and looked at it. That's the number 30 plus 12 zeros. And the Democrats want to spend more money with Bill Back Better. I honestly think, and I'll get you to comment on this. I know we're coming to the close here, but I think this is kind of important because I've identified the one person that I believe more than anyone else is helping our cause and that we need to ballyhoo this as much as we can. And that person is Joe Biden. Disaster at the border. Disaster in Afghanistan. Disaster with inflation. Disaster with canceling a pipeline here, leaving one in in Russia to Germany that gives Vladimir Putin the ability then to mass troops on the Ukraine border. There is nothing this man has done. He took out a a terrorist last week, and it turns out uh, that's not going to be what it seemed. Trust me that what you've seen reported, that will not be the final story. This was also a disaster. And when you have an ideology that is failing on every aspect of everything that it does, it's time for us to step up and look at the new superstar stars we have now in Virginia. Winsome Sears, Glenn Youngkin, they hit the ground running. Uh, they're in a liberal state, and they are not shying away. And I think what I'm hearing you say is, we have a proud tradition. We're right on the issues. Now let's get out there and get candidates that believe that we're right on the issues. And let's be ideologically consistent. Let's work together and let's, let's, let's drain this swamp. And we have one in Bell County, too. And let's look at draining it. So uh, last word, I suppose. Uh, am I on target there? Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of speed it up to cover, cover what I want to. But yeah, the $30 trillion is huge, right? And... The, the unfortunate thing that not a lot of Republicans are able to say is every single president of the 21st century has broken records for how much they've added to the deficit, right? That's George W. Bush, that's Obama, that's Trump, and that's Biden, right? Like, all four of them are breaking records. They're different parties, right? Like them, hate them, whatever. They all broke records for the deficit and the debt. Like, that is the thing we need to change. But I I also want to bring in a little more local, right? So Texas, with state and local government debt, has the 13th highest per capita debt of any state in the country. The 13th highest, right? We we like to say we're a fiscally conservative state because— because frankly, when you only include the state, the way the way Texas is decentralized and and, you know, like structured, we do have a tremendously low state government debt. Right. I, I think it's something like 54 billion or something like that, which is which is pretty darn low comparatively. I'd like to see it lower. But when you add in the local governments, we have 300 billion billion dollars of state debt and don't get me wrong it does it doesn't like it pales in comparison to 30 trillion but also the amount we can the amount we tax pales in comparison to the 30 trillion i i would love to see you know a a country in in my lifetime where the states are the the primary government and the federal government is in the background but unfortunately that's not where we live this this is a crisis right like this local bureaucracy is 
a crisis. We we have so many local governments in Bell County that are that have the power to pass bonds, have the power to tax, have all of this power that layers just on top of each other and yeah, like I'm I'm kind of passionate about fixing that. This woman sitting across from you is smiling <laughs> broadly because she's written 40 articles about uh, bond and bond debt. And what I what you're talking about is what I typically refer to as bubbles. Uh, there's the municipal debt bubble, there's the county debt bubble, there's the school district debt bubble. And that's where the big part of this deficit you're talking about lies. And that's what we have to to guard against. And I have just the right article that you all can read at WB Daily about local government debt. And I would say for people here in Bell County, if you live in the city of Temple, Bell County, Temple ISD, and the Temple Junior College District, you have a current local debt level of $1.33 billion. That's billion with a B. Most of that is school district, and you will find that across the board that most of this is school district. So every time these school districts pop up with a new bond and they're asking for another $180, $190 million, and please remember, too, that doesn't include the interest. You need to put another 40% on top of that. That is that is an issue. And um, so anyway, I will, I will repost this on the Political Pursuits podcast Facebook page. It's at WB Daily, but I will repost it because it has current numbers as per the Texas Bond Review Board. Uh, they updated the, the, their numbers back in December, and so this is through August 31st of 2021. But anyway, no, that's very refreshing to hear you say that. And yes, that's where, you know, hopefully a whole culture in terms of certainly as a Republican Party chair, you'd be looking at the the partisan races. But if that is a mindset that can also start coming over to the other nonpartisan races, that's something that serves the the, uh, Bell County taxpayers very well. Yeah, we're we're definitely going to get involved in nonpartisan races as well. Okay. Well, I think we've got some great information for you, and we are going to need to wrap this up here. So um, tell me, you know, just kind of our, your final thoughts about what you want voters to know about you. And then also let's talk about your coordinates. How can people learn more about you, social media, website, that type thing? Yeah, so so final word, I just, I just want to emphasize, and I, I think this is low-key, like the most important thing that we have, like the first problem that needs to be solved in Bell County, and that's the neutrality of the party, right? Like we don't need elites picking candidates, and we don't need elites picking winners. What we need is a neutral playing ground, right, a neutral primary that allows us to have competing ideas and really find the best candidate. I I have a lot of details on that and a lot of ideas about how we can decentralize finance in the party that I can't go into here. So you can can dive into those ideas at uh, MacLatimer.com or you can just Google MacLatimer. It's the first thing that comes up. And you can find me on on all social media uh, at MacForChair. Right. So your Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of that fun stuff. Um, yeah. Message me. So I'm, I'm going to say my phone number right now, my personal phone number. And everyone has told me not to do that, but I'm still going to do it. So my phone number is three, six, one, eight, three, four, one, three, eight, zero. And if you have a question that you can't find on one of those sources, 
text me, call me. I will respond. It may not be immediately, but I will respond. So, yeah, that's that's me. Okay. Well, very good. Well, we want to remind people again that the uh, the election is, the primary is on Tuesday, March 1st. However, early voting does start on Monday, February 14th. And so we certainly hope people will be getting out there and exercising their right to vote. Lynn? All right. Well, from the standpoint of Planet Logic, I'll say remember to take a stand for this great country. Always be logical. And God bless America. And from Political Pursuits, we appreciate your tuning in. Hope to see you next time. Liberty Tabletop is America's flatware company, the only flatware that's manufactured in the U.S. of A. There are over 38 patterns to choose from. Like a couple of patterns and you can't decide, you can order a sample of each. And check out their website at libertytabletop.com and enter the promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. Just in time for you to freshen up your holiday table setting with Liberty Tabletop flatware, manufactured in the United States. They make great wedding and Christmas gifts, too. Flatware that can be passed down for generations. So check out their website at LibertyTabletop.com and enter promo code BEN for 15% off all flatware. LibertyTabletop.com, promo code BEN.